Now on Food FM, it's a guilty pleasure. Marmalade and toast with Arthur Potts Dawson. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Hi, my name's Arthur Potts Dawson and this is Food FM. Today we're talking to Jane Hazel McCosh, the founder of the International Marmalade Awards. Uh, hi, Jane. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Good morning. Uh, it's so fantastic to have you here, Jane. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you created the International Marmalade Awards? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what we can expect from marmalade in the coming year. Yes. Well, I'm sitting in rather cold um, Cumbria at the moment. It's it's snow on the ground and it's um, at my house, Dale Main, which we call the centre of the world for marmalade. It's a house open to the public and I've lived there now for over 40 years. And in the house, we have archives going right back to when the Hazel family first came and lived at Delmain with masses of letters and this, that and the other, including wonderful recipes for marmalade. And my life revolves around um, welcoming people to the house and to the garden. And we have a, a beautiful award-winning garden and um, we also have a very good tea room. And in the last 16 years, um, my thoughts turned to marmalade because I was wondering how we could perhaps do something in the early part of the year, which would be interesting and exciting for people and would also bring them to our tea room. So I thought of having a competition and the one which came to mind because I'm passionate about it, and I'm very glad that you are too, uh, was marmalade. And so um, I decided that I would test the water and have a competition and see what happened. So I asked about 50 friends whether they would submit one of their jars of marmalade. This is a big ask, as you will appreciate, because marmalade is just so precious and it takes a lot of time to cook. But um, anyway, people did. They gave me a jar and that was the very first year of this competition that now is international um, and has run for 16 years and with pots being sent to us from all over the world. We have over 40 different countries taking part. But who would have thought it on this cold February day 16 years ago that anything like this would have happened. Nobody believed that this competition could work. And so actually it was very, very thrilling. But the secret is, I think, that to have judges who are above reproach. And so from the very beginning, I had invited um, the WI, two ladies up here to help me and take part in this whole process, because obviously they are unbribable and um, we could really get a clear result without any difficult politics. And this is what we did. And over the years, um, these same judges have munched their way through thousands and thousands of pots of marmalade um, to find a a winner each year. And um, what actually happens is that we do it um, very gently. The marmalade jars start coming in from really the 1st of January. And um, as soon as we have enough, we'll invite the various judges to come and help judge. 
And they do probably a morning's worth, and then that's enough sugar, and you can't really have any more. And so in doing that, we just quietly work our way through all the entries, because the point is that what we're trying to do is find, um, uh, it's a marmalade standard, so that although there will be a double gold winner, which will be the best in the world, which is our claim, um, meanwhile, there are an awful lot of jars which are exceptionally good, and they will get either a gold or a silver or a bronze award um, and a mark card saying where we think that they could improve the marmalade that they've entered. Let's talk a little bit about the, the history of marmalade because you've got sugar and usually fruit which would go to make a jam but making a, a preserve with oranges um, which aren't particularly English or British um, can you tell us a little bit about the history of marmalade? Yes. Well, it, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that um, in Scottish terms, it would be um, said that uh, marmalade was invented um, in Dundee with the Dundee marmalade when the lady um, saved all those oranges off the boat and made them into a, a so-called jam and that turned into marmalade. And that was sort of pretty recent. Actually, that's not true. That marmalade goes back far, far further than that. And um, if you look at Elizabeth First, Elizabeth I's banquets, mm. she's yeah. eating a form of marmalade um, at the end of the banquet as a sort of digestive. Um, and that's the same as um, what, what um, we would use today when you render marmalade right down and make it into a... Um, like sort of Turkish delight um, to eat at the end of the meal. Set syrup. Ex exactly. Um, more of a jelly. And um, It's interesting, Jane, where you talk about the digestion and orange uh, and sugar being used at the end of the meal um, to aid digestion because you're using the pith and the skin. In fact, you're using the whole orange, aren't you? It, it, it's true. And um, what I, I love too about, you were talking about several oranges earlier, and I was thinking that it's a very, it's a very ugly fruit. You know, it doesn't fill you with promise, really, when you look at it. It's generally a bit knobbly. Yeah. Yes. Um, and as you say, incredibly bitter. So how did they discover, how did they really realise that this was um, a delicious thing to eat? And I my theory is that perhaps it's all to do with the sophistication of the fruit, that it isn't simply a sweet fruit, it is a bitter orange, and that's what's adding something to the mix. It's very acid, it's very um, extraordinary in its taste, and that strong citrus um, that you get. Deep, we would donate. Deep, isn't it? It's very, very deep. Yeah. We were sent um, one year um, at the festival, suddenly before the festival. You know, finding a citrus, you know, it's a lime or a lemon or an orange and having someone mix it with sugar and create a marmalade, it must be a very difficult thing to judge. You know, is it tricky and, and how do you go about it? I think judging is difficult and um, obviously there must be a certain amount of subjectivity to it. But we do have very strict guidelines as to how to do it. Um, so that we hopefully are creating um, a common um, standard throughout the world. And we start, it would be true to say that everyone eats with their eyes 
And therefore, when you look at a jar of marmalade, what you're looking for is something enticing, something which is going to say, wow, I think I'd like a spoonful of that. So your first approach is that and you're, you're looking to see what it looks like. Does it have that sort of zingy, sort of bright um, look to it? So then, having picked it up and had a jolly good look, you're then going to take the lid off and the very first um, aroma that comes out of that jar is very, very significant. Um, in the homemade marmalades, people sometimes make the mistake of using, reusing a lid. And sometimes, unfortunately, they reuse a chutney oh, lid. Yeah. And it's, it's so sad because the marmalade might be absolutely astonishingly good, but it's tainted. And it's, a, it's amazing how that tastes. of onion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to be very careful. And, yeah. and it is interesting how when you really have a really good aroma, you know, it's very, very fresh fruit. It's been um, cooked straight away, which we can do in this country just as much as anybody else. Although I had one that was entered just the other day, which was really exciting, from a man in London, and he's made it with his own limes, his own lemons, and his own rosemary, um, all from his garden. Um, and I'm longing to taste that one. I'm longing to, because I, I'm, I imagine it's going to taste and smell very, very fresh. So if you're using a lime and a tangerine, or a grapefruit and an orange, uh, the colour is always going to be different, isn't it? So is colour a factor in marmalade? Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? No, it's more the brightness rather than the colour. If something looks very, very dull and um, pissy and bubbly, um, it's not going to make you think this is going to be a particularly nice marmalade. The bubbles, for instance, are often because people have um, potted it too early and they need it to just settle before putting it into the jars. Um, the pithiness people sometimes um, just do use a food processor and, and chop it all up together. Sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. doesn't. Um, a Seville orange will have very... Um, it, it becomes very opaque so that the um, pith doesn't show up, whereas a sweet orange does. So you have to sort of learn these things. So once you've opened it, once you've smelt it, um, the, then the, the test of well, what it's like, what is its texture? You know, is it something where you have to force your spoon in and, and it virtually breaks it? Or is it so runny that it's just going to fall off the spoon? So texture is really important. And one of the things that people do make us um, do struggle with, I think, is cooking the peel. Yeah. And so yeah. You, yeah. You, you just have to cook it to the right level before you put the sugar in. The sugar stops it doing anything else. So that as soon as you've done that, you've got the peel exactly as it is. And so you have to be sure of that. And no amount of further cooking is going to make that peel softer. And again and again and again, a perfectly good looking marmalade is let down by its peel, which isn't quite cooked enough and it's slightly tough unless you like that kind of peel which is also possible i suppose but it's yes well whether it's chunky or not chunky you know this is the big question for marmalade my father will not eat marmalade with chunks in it 
So what makes the, the, the rules of a marmalade? Do, can you have chunks? Can you have not have chunks? I think, well, what we do, we divide it into categories so that people can, there is one um, category called dark and chunky, um, which I may, somebody uh, may say somebody entered because she said she was dark and chunky. But, <laughs> but no, we divide it because we've noticed and realized that people do like the sort of the more jelly, um, several clear marmalade. And then there's other people who make several marmalade you know which is really quite dark and, and Zero, thick yeah. exactly and thick thick shred great big lumps of it so that it does depend on what people like i think jane it seems that britain is very good at absorbing other cultures dishes or ingredients you know vindaloo being one of the classics for for british or english you know, a meal out is now an Indian. Um, but how, you know, there's snow on the ground in Cumbria at the moment. It's really not orange country, is it? Um, but why has Britain taken on the orange and marmalade uh, as a sort of almost a cultural heritage and identity for spreading on our toast? It's, it's, it's a strange phenomenon, I think. And I do wonder whether um, all sorts of things like... Um, the trade deals that we were doing with Spain had a lot to do with bringing over the oranges. Because I think that what um, we found over the hundreds of years is that it developed and developed and developed until the Victorian times when people were eating marmalade, um, you know, consistently and um, everybody ate marmalade and the army met marmalade. Everybody anywhere was eating marmalade. And so I think that we have assimilated it into our culture. Um, I like to think that perhaps the um, Romans were eating marmalade up on Hadrian's Wall um, because, after all, the original marmalade and the name comes from the word quince, marmello. And so if you think about it, the Romans were certainly growing quince trees because I'm growing quince trees in my garden. So I'm Cumbria. So that's... They do grow well in England, Yeah, yes. yeah. And they would have been preserving their quince with honey. Um, and so that essentially is is a sort of marmalade. We make a marmalade from our 16th, 17th century recipe book. There is a marmalade made with quince and lemons and, um, and it's very like jam. Jane, can you tell us a little bit about the marmalade competition and what the categories are and how somebody like myself, although loving marmalade, uh, not having made it that often, how would I win this competition? <laughs> so we have 14 categories um, and those range from very, very serious, several orange marmalade, any citrus marmalade, things like that. We've got children's marmalade, the Rathbone's first timer's marmalade, where, where they anybody who hasn't ever made marmalade before can enter dark and chunky man-made but the new one for this year which we are thrilled with is marmalade for a friend and we've got a lot of marmalades coming in and this we thought was perfect because when you make marmalade you don't just make one jar you probably make about 12 or 13 and what better than to make it for one who looking back over last year you feel has made a difference to your life because this has been one hell of a year and so not only is making marmalade a very very lovely and therapeutic thing because the aroma of oranges and citrus is really meant to be very very good for you 
But you can also have a product at the end that you can then give as a gift to somebody. So we're incredibly excited so, by that. That's so lovely. Yeah, we've got a lot of entries for it. And so we would love more, um, you know, because I think with the stories as well that are coming in, it's very, very special. So do you not only judge the marmalade but do you also judge the amazing support that people are giving each other in these difficult times exactly it's a it's a very special category so with all of the categories jane when do the jars of marmalade need to be sent in and be with you for judging the marmalades need to be sent in by the 10th of february but we will accept them after the 10th um, just because um, we know that the post is difficult, that getting the oranges is difficult. And so if people manage to post it off in time and it arrives after the closing date, we will still judge it. And our judges are just longing to get started as soon as they're allowed to. Where should we ask the listeners to go to to find out more information for the marmalade competition and where to send their delicious marmalades to? That's a great idea. So marmaladeawards.com and um, it's all just put in Dale Main and you'll get the marmalade awards and then just send it off um, through the post. The ordinary post will do and just wrap it up well um, with... Uh, bubble wrap or indeed you could put it in popcorn somebody sent some in with popcorn all around it to keep it safe on its journey north how, um so how, that's the most, that's the most unbelievably, unbelievably sustainably brilliant idea, idea i've ever heard it's so clever isn't it it's so clever that's we so have a collection smart. point um at fortnum and mason so people can take it to fortnum and mason and deliver it there and in return they get a jar of Fortnum and Mason marmalade and then Fortnum's will send it up in um, all packed up in a big box for us to judge which is great and if the winner uh, the the glorious thing is um, the winner we will reproduce and we then um, get it sent to uh, Fortnum and Mason and they sell it and we sell it and as a result we make more money for hospice. Oh, is that oh, where, is that where the, the final profits, you know, profits from the marmalade, from the marmalade sales, sales go? Exactly. We, um, all the entry money goes to hospice work, but also when we reproduce the winner of winners, that is on the Fortnum's shelves and it sells at Delmain and on the internet. And the money from that also goes to hospice work. So it's a tremendous accolade to win, but it also means that you do the most tremendous amount of good by the money going to such a good cause. Jane Hazel McCosh, the founder of the International Marmalade Awards. Thank you so much for joining us on Food FM. It's been fascinating and um, I love marmalade even more now. Um, I'm sure our listeners do too. Uh, thank you, Jane. Uh, hopefully speak to you again soon. Thank you. Marmalade and Toast with Arthur Potts Dawson. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com.